We do that now too. We have family meetings yes. on Tuesday nights. And this past week, I said, are we ever going to have a family meeting that we leave feeling, you know, just, oh, that was fun. Confident. Welcome to Owner's Table, where today we talk to Ari Hicks. Now, the hard part about doing a podcast is when you interview someone that you know, it's extremely difficult because you know the answers to the questions that you're going to ask them. So I've known Ari for five years now, and she's a wonderful human being. Talked to her multiple times a week. She's great. But when I interviewed her, I learned so much about her, how when she grew up in Georgia, came to school here at Alabama, and then went back and forth a little bit, and then she got married. Well, then we talked about her journey also with her family, but then being in the agency life. Being in the agency life and then transitioning to owning her own business and absolutely killing it and everything she, she's doing. But then now she's a new mom and how she's transitioned out of working all the time to being a great mom and absolutely killing it for her business. I know you're going to enjoy hearing about Ari Hicks and Hobson Ray. So welcome to today's episode. So today's episode is very special to me. Um, this woman is extremely important to me in my life and my business. We talk um, at least once or twice a week. And just a wonderful, wonderful human being. I will get into how I met her in a story later on in the in the podcast. But Ari Hicks is here. And so I've known Ari for, I think, four years now. And she is a brandologist here in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, she's originally from Georgia, but she's a wonderful, wonderful lady. And we're going to get into her story and her business and babies and all those different types of things. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm excited to talk with you today. All right. So Ari owns a company called Hobson Ray. So tell us what that is because like, oh, it's marketing. Well, mm-hmm. kind of. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit different. And um, just just tell them, what, tell them what Hobson Ray is. Yeah. Well, and I love that question because everybody thinks, well, marketing is everything. You know, so much falls under the marketing umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hobson Ray, we do brand design brand visual design, brand strategy, and social media. So putting it into those three categories, focusing on the design of your business, okay, visuals, logo, color, fonts, all the things that we've done with you, the brand and marketing strategy piece of it, and then execution on social media and the marketing. Understand side. the first one. Yeah. Very easy to understand. Mm-hmm. What's your logo? What colors are they? What's it look like? What are the variances of it? Yeah. Staying on brand, color palettes, all those things. The last one's easy too. Like, how are we social media managing this? How, what are we posting? What are we saying? The verbs, the words in there. The middle part, mm-hmm. strategy. Mm-hmm. That's a word that people use all the time, but I don't know that they really understand when they say marketing strategy or branding strategy. So go into that a little bit and explain if you were explaining to a, to a 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. Okay, John is sitting right here, my 14-year-old. You know her, love her. Explain to her what the strategy portion of that is. What does that mean? So in an easy way, I would say why something is what it is and what does it make you feel when you see something or when you touch something or you, like for a 12-year-old, when you play with this toy, does this toy make you happy, excited, explaining it in emotional Mm -hmm. ways versus the way that it looks specifically. Okay. So brand strategy would be explaining it in those terms, emotionally, the tone of it, um, all the adjectives and the characteristics of it from a look and feel standpoint. And then marketing strategy is taking 
all of the brand strategy, all of the design work and putting it into a marketing plan to execute. So a marketing plan to execute would be, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. would be what we're posting on social media, what platforms we are on on social media. Um, Are we, is one of our goals to be in print magazines? Is TV something for us? Mm -hmm. What about digital? So you've got, not, not all companies and brands are built the same. And so you've got to figure out what what's makes, right. what's right for, let's just use table and time, for example. What's right for table and time? Yeah. Versus what's right for Milo's. Right. Yeah. I mean, and thinking of it as ingredients. So what are all the ingredients of okay. this recipe that are going to make it what, what the end product is that we want it to be? So your ingredients might be different than Milo's because your sure. audience is different than Milo's. Yeah. And so in looking at it, not one strategy fits all. There's pieces and parts that are similar across the board, but one strategy isn't going to work for every person right. and for every business. So talk to me. I want you to brag a little bit. Uh, talk to me about some of the companies with Hobson Ray that you have worked with. Some of the, Give me some of those that you've worked with or even, so you've worked with these, but you've also helped design these from the from the ground up. So mm-hmm. give, me, give me some examples. Yeah, so across the board, we've worked with different clients where they are existing and they already have a brand, they already okay. have a logo. Um, but other times we start from scratch. Like let's use Table and Time for an example. Yeah. There was an idea in your head that you wanted to execute. You didn't really know what it wanted, what you wanted it to look like, what you wanted the name to be, any of that. And we sat down and we created it from the ground up. Yeah. Um, and we still continue to work on that day to day and we change it and we shift as we go and Mm -hmm. we test things. Um, but mainly we work on businesses locally to start. We did. Um, but now we have the ability to work with small businesses anywhere and everywhere. I mean, if they have a digital footprint, social media, content development, branding, we can essentially work with anybody and help them bring their brand to life or refresh their brand. If it's a 20 year old brand, then we can work Mm. with them to refresh it. Um, One that comes to mind is a real estate company down on 30A. They had been around for 25 years. Oh, wow. But who is it? Counts Real Estate. Okay. Um, They'd been around 20, 25 years and they were going through a marketing kind of revamp strategy all the things marketing yeah. and branding was one of them. And they had a lot of people on their team who had been there for a long time. Mm. They had some new people. So that was a very delicate balance sure. of how do you approach? We've always done it this way before. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And yeah. it's, I mean, and the brand has, you know, it's ownable. It has equity. It has equity there because yeah. it's been around for that, that long. So we didn't want to take, that away, but we wanted to quote, give it a haircut. That was part of the conversation when we were explaining, okay, how do we take this brand, what it looks and feels like, give it a new look without showing up and them saying what happened to our brand. It's completely different. So with that, it was, it was really fun. It was challenging, but we came to, we had a great outcome. The end product is great. It still has a feel of the old brand, right. but it feels modern, new, and it's still recognizable as their brand. It's not name. like a totally different brand. Right. So 
that's that's pretty incredible. So you got one here in Birmingham that you do a table in town that you start from the ground up, and then you've got the one in at Thirty that's a real estate company. Give me an, an example of some other ones that you work with currently or mm-hmm. have worked with in the past that you really enjoyed. So overall, we've worked with seventy five plus brands. I had no idea, y'all. I've known this girl for forty. I had no idea. Are you serious? I know I have a hard time like bragging. That's awesome. No, this is for bragging. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You're you're the guest. (laughs) Yeah. And it it ranges from um, a solopreneur to a team of, you know, hundreds of employees, industries, food, hospitality, entertainment, um, health and medical, locally. I I don't know. What else? Like, do you want me to name them? I want you to name them. I don't know. I just feel bad naming all Why of them. Why do you name them? Why? Or do you feel bad? Like, do you feel bad because it's, it sounds arrogant? No. What do you feel bad? <laughs> just name them. Name them. Okay. Um, Milo's Hamburgers. So if you're anywhere in the South, if you go through Alabama, going on vacation, or if you've been here for any length. Okay. For example, my sister lives in Florida. And so we, she came up for a funeral this past weekend. And she's like, hey, I crossed the state line and I had a burning desire for Milo. So that's a huge company, yeah. huge company yeah. here in Birmingham. Who, who else? Um, well, can I tell a funny story about sure. that? Yeah, and do I it. don't know. We'll see where it goes. Mm-hmm. But during the time we were working with them, I was actually vegan. Yes, she was. I do remember that. I remember that, that span of our relationship. Yeah. Uh, so we can talk about that more yeah. later if we want to, but, um, counts real estate down on 30A, mm-hmm. Milo's hamburgers here locally, table in time, mm-hmm. um, caps orthodontics out in Texas, um, gosh, they're all like all over the place. Keep going, girl. Uh, the new one that you've been working a lot on, Seki. Tell me about that. Oh. What do they do? So Seki is a performance management software. So when you think about a human resources information system, an HRIS, they are not that, but they are similar to it from an uh, human resources standpoint. But they track performance management for frontline and hourly workers. Wow. The brand Hobson Ray, I've recommended you on social to people for years now. I love what you do. Um, so the relationship here, what do you do for us? So, so this is how much I think of this girl. So she manages, she started Table in Time. So I've, I've told the story before about how we had MillFit, and MillFit is a wonderful business, and MillFit is extremely healthy um, meal prep and healthy catering business catering every day, that 14 to $20 range. So, but I had to start another business because I wanted to capture more of a hiring client, do nicer events, things like that. Alice Head, we've talked about her in the past. She's been so important to our business. She said, do we need to change your name? Well, I was not going to change my name. I'm going to, she said, well, you need to start another company. So I met, here's the, here's the story. I met with three different groups of people. I met with a huge agency here in Birmingham who's very well known. They did a good job. They, all the pitch, things like that. Then I met with another company that were friends that friends of mine owned is another big agency. And then I met with you. Mm-hmm. One girl. You were and, like, have you done this before? Yeah, have you done this before? You literally asked me that <laughs> did question. I? Yeah, I did. I? On like the first or second call. But have you done this? Has a client actually paid you to do this? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a valid question. And I said, okay, this is what we're working with. This <laughs> is <laughs> who we got. Um, I did not love the huge agency in Birmingham. Uh, I liked the other company, but something inside me just, there was something there between us. And I loved what you did. I loved your heart. And it has been the best decision. One of the best decisions I've made professionally 
in the 10 years that I've grown businesses. So in that, I've tried to talk her into taking over my other businesses. She said, absolutely not for multiple years. Here recently, she has then now taken over and is doing meal fit. She is doing table and time. She's doing Walcox Point, which is our, our lake place. And she's doing all this stuff for me personally. And so I am, and also our, our other business, uh, Weddings Costa Rica. And so she is, Ari and I spend lots of time together on the phone, on computers and things like that. And she does, she's doing a wonderful job. So um, branding and all those things. Talk to me about growing up. Mm-hmm. Grew up in Georgia. Give me the background of like, I know you little sports in there. Yeah. So tell me about growing up, mom and dad, all that good stuff. Okay. And I, before I forget this thought, I want to go back to what you said about when you were looking at agencies and you said it didn't feel right. Yeah. You didn't want to go with a big agency. And that's one of the main reasons why I started my own business and do what I do now is specifically for people who are looking to find the right person to help them. But the agents, the big agencies don't feel right. Yeah. So that's, that's super accurate because yeah. they didn't. In many ways, you know, relationship wise, budget wise, yeah. all of that stuff. Well, business is not done with businesses. Businesses are done with people. Mm-hmm. And I felt like working with you, I, I was going to get you, talk to you, call you. And, and that is comforting. Now that you have since grown, you've got multiple people on your team now, but like, it's still a very, it's, it's still relationship based. And yeah. I love that. And I, I like to think of it, as, I mean, it's intimate in a way sure. because you have access to, you have that access that makes it feel comforting right. to know that. Things are getting done, but also if an emergency happens, you've got direct access yep. to right. switch things around. Things exactly. are flexible. Yeah. You know, it's e- it's a easier in a sense. And you want to grow and you are growing, but you're not growing at the expense of just taking everything that comes along your way. Because I right. imagine you probably, I say turn down, I probably, you probably turn down a lot of things just because you didn't fit you, didn't want to, whatever. Yeah. I mean, right. I think that goes back to your, your point about Milfit and everything originally. Yeah. You know, we were like, well, it's not the right time. It's not the right time. So it took a couple of years to get to the right time. <laughs> right. And I'm happy. So so talk to me about growing up. Okay. Growing up, um, I'm I'm from Georgia, right outside of Atlanta, 20 miles west of Atlanta, in a little town called Douglasville. It was little when I was yep. there. It's not little well, anymore. Speed trap uh speed trap of Georgia. Yep, that's right. <laughs> um, and I come from a me a small in, uh, immediate family. Me and my sister, mom and dad, mm-hmm. but my dad is one of 21 kids. One of 21. Did I know that? I think you did at some How point. How many? He has seven, um, seven brothers and sisters, seven half brothers and sisters, and then seven step brothers and sisters. So he's one of How 21. How many did his mama have? 14 total. Yeah. <laughs> I can't babies? even imagine. I can't even imagine. But 14 yeah, babies. 14. My mom is one of five. So we have a very big extended family. So growing up, we were always with family, you know, traveling to see them. Lots of great memories. Um, but we lived in Georgia my whole life. My dad is from Mobile. My mom is from Georgia. They met in in college. And where'd they go? Uh, she went to West Georgia. Uh-huh. He actually played baseball in college and then went to play for for minor league expos. Cool. For like a season. And yeah. then he hurt his he hurt his leg, had to come home, and then they had me. So 
we grew up in Georgia and um, played all kinds of sports starting out, you know, kind of like a serial sports player from trying all the different things, track, gymnastics, cheerleading, basketball, softball, volleyball. That's great. So that was, that was fun. That was busy. Mm -hmm. And that's what I spent all my time on. But my dad was a small business owner and he would have me, one of my chores would be QuickBooks. I would, and I would be putting his invoices in QuickBooks, putting his really? receipts in QuickBooks. So I didn't I, know that. Yeah, I did QuickBooks probably when I was about 12 years old. So from a small business accounting side, I, I got to see behind the That's curtain. pretty incredible. So yeah. what? So tell me again, which I know I've talked to your dad once or twice about this stuff he's done. What did, what did he do when you were growing up, like business-wise? He did warehousing and That's material right. handling. Right. So warehouse, forklifts, batteries, all that okay. kind of stuff. Um and he was a small business owner. He had a very small team of people. He had a warehouse, but he very much was work hard. Yeah. You know, it didn't come super easy, but when he did well, you know, he was able to provide yeah. and, you know, progressed as things happened. And then I played volleyball. I played softball my whole life mm-hmm. until I got to high school. Okay. And for whatever reason, I just really wanted to try volleyball. Softball wasn't something that, I loved anymore. Um, it was a ton of traveling, yeah. as you know, and volleyball, it just piqued my interest and yeah. I had some friends that played. So I tried out. Um, I think I ended up making the volleyball team nice. or the varsity team. Like when I was a freshman, that yeah. was fun. And I just fell in love with it. Yeah. And I think me and you've talked a lot yeah. about volleyball, how it's such a team, such a team sport. There's so much spirit in it. Even when the individual, like, you know, Jonna, if she's, making the point everybody else is so happy for her. everybody it's just everybody pats everybody on the yes, butt it's, after every play whether you win the point or you lose the point you can't really tell most of the time yeah you have to have everybody on that sure. team but then you also get that individual yeah. aspect of it so i fell in love with it loved it played for four years in high school and then when i was going to college i had the opportunity to potentially play at a small college or a couple of small colleges mm-hmm. at the time. And I sat there my whole life. I was like, I'm going to Alabama. I'm going to Alabama. Roll Tide. Why? Why were you Alabama fan living in Georgia? Dad, dad from Mobile. Was dad a huge Alabama fan? Yes. Okay. So he was an Alabama fan. We had gone to Alabama games. Oh, yeah. You know, okay. from just the big school standpoint, sure. it was really enticing. Yeah. And I knew, you know, I could not play volleyball there at Alabama. Yeah. Um, so I knew that I I had two options. I could play in college and experience, um, you know, sports, small school or go to big school and not do any of that. Yeah. And I remember we went to dinner one night and my mom and dad sat, sat me down and they said, okay, you have to decide because I was going to play on a travel ball team that summer. Mm -hmm. And when you play on that team, you're taking up a spot for somebody who's guaranteed a college scholarship. Mm. So if you're not going to take it, you know, you shouldn't do this. Sure. So we sat there and they said, okay, if you decide you want to go and play, we will put the amount of tuition that it will cost for you to go to Alabama in your bank account. (gasps) So when you graduate, you will have that. And what? Yes. Out of state tuition too? And I didn't believe them at the time. I've never heard this story. I know. No, you I know. saved it. You saved it for today. <laughs> um, 
but they, I will never forget it. We were sitting at dinner and they were like, you have to decide this. You know, we'll let you decide what you want to do. Yeah. And I ended up going to Alabama. Hmm. Now, where did you have uh, scholarship offers or, or volleyball offers to go? Uh, we were schools? looking at, so, you know, sent out, we're having conversations. Barry yeah. was one of them. In Rome. Yeah, in Rome. So mm-hmm. similar schools to that. Sure. Very small um, and not in a bad way. Just no, a very different. Not Alabama. A very different experience. Absolutely. And I had played sports my entire life. It was a part of me. It was very ingrained in everything that I did. It was very time consuming. So I don't think that I had ever, I think that when I was, when I was looking at Alabama, I wanted the college experience. Yeah. And I thought that if I did the sports route, I wouldn't get the college experience. Yeah. In a way. In a way. Yeah. It's a totally different experience. I don't know. But I how do you I, even know what it's yeah, going to be? For sure. You have no like, idea. I sit there and I ask, I sit there when kids go to college and they don't play sports, which I know is only like, less than 1% of the population. Mm-hmm. What do you do with all your time? So like my niece's boyfriend went to school and he played sports in high school. And I was like, are you going to do anything? He's like, no, nah, I'm going to go to school. I'm like, well, are you going to get a job? No, nope. I'm going to focus on my studies. I'm like, Hey bro, you have a lot of time on your hands. Yeah. I said, you need to get a job. Yeah. Because the only thing that time on your hands does is creates things for you to do and that you don't need to be doing. Yeah. And, uh, he got about six weeks into it. I was like, how you doing? He's like, I got a job. I was like, <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, sure. That, and that was the other thing. They were like, well, you're going to have to fill your time. So what are you wow. going to, and, and they were still very much involved in my life and, you know, leading yeah. me in the right direction. And so, um, they wanted me to have a job to pay for my extracurricular yeah. activities and all of that stuff. So I ended up getting a job. I played on the intramural volleyball team as a second option. That's right. Um, so that was fun. Yeah. But yeah, I started, I had a job when I was in high school. So going to Alabama, make the decision to go to Alabama. Talk to me about, as a kid, I say as a kid, as that 13 to 18 year old range, I want to be up when I grow up. Mm-hmm. What was that for you? It was in business. Okay. I, I saw that being in business. I didn't know exactly what Great. it would be, but I've always had a love for marketing. Okay. Whatever that means. Because back then, because you're in your thirties. So back then that market marketing has made a huge push in the last 10 years. I mean, it's like, it's been super popular, all those things. So that's kind of odd that 20 years ago, you thought about the marketing part of business. So that's really cool. So you go to Alabama, um, get there. Did you, what what was the degree purpose or what was the degree when you walked in the door? Was it going to be marketing? Yeah. Marketing. Marketing. So from day one, you knew that you you did it and stayed with that, which is also very rare. Yeah. Okay, so going through college, talk to me about what you did in college, whether it be jobs, sorority, all that stuff. Give me that college. Yeah, so life. I didn't do sorority, um, which is rare at Alabama. Yep. But I decided I didn't didn't want to do that. Um, but I ended up doing a lot of things with a job and yeah. intramural stuff where I made friends there. And it it was easy to grow a community there because sure. there's so many people um and everybody doing different things. Um in your class. I mean, you have so many people in your class. Right. Like there's just so much opportunity. Um, so made a really good small group of friends who I'm still friends with today, Hannah, she was in my wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was fun. But job wise, when I, or I'm sorry, college, when I went to Alabama and I wanted to be in business and in marketing at Alabama, it's different. They have PR in a different college. 
And the business college is more of like your principles, you know, of marketing and sales. Nothing tactical. Right. Like you do, mm. but you don't really get into it. You take the general business administration business and yeah, yeah, yeah. all of that stuff. The high level get, stuff. You don't get super into the weeds of it. And um, I just know from, I think, you know, what I got from my dad is his business side and his sales side. Yeah. So at that point I was like, maybe I can do marketing or sales. Mm -hmm. And then that's when it started to really, I started to understand the difference of what marketing is versus what sales is, which you know are two different things. Sure, totally different things. things. Yeah. So in college, get a marketing degree. Where does Michael come into the mix? Um, great question. He, well, I, I worked at Publix and the Publix Bakery. Yeah, you did. Okay. So go, which goes back to say, so all, I always say everything in life, like you meet someone and it always creates an opportunity. Like you don't know what, what that person, how you are going to give opportunity to, to them or they're going to create opportunity for you. So in college, one of my good friends, her dad was high up in Publix and it was one of those things where he got all of us jobs. That's at, wonderful. At yeah. So that was, you know, something that I did there. And um, I worked there part time, but then I also got a local store marketing director job at Chick-fil-A for the Tuscaloosa location. Really? So that's, that's when in college, when I started taking the degree and actually in real life yeah. doing something with it. Um it was now, how did you get that job? So, so, so the, the public's job was, it was a gift. That yeah. was, that was so-and-so's dad. That was a, that was a lot. That was a freebie. Yeah. So how did you get, so this is a great lesson, I think for anybody that's in college or high school or whatever. So how did they get the Chick-fil-A thing? Um, I was actively looking for marketing okay. opportunities because I knew that I needed to put myself in a real life marketing situation mm-hmm. to learn, to put into play what I'm learning, but also learn the day to day. Yeah because I was getting ready to graduate and I was like, what am I going to do? Sure. You know, I, am I going to move back to Birmingham? Am, am I going to move back to Georgia? Um, obviously Chick-fil-A is a very well-known brand. And I thought if anything, this is going to look good on my resume Absolutely. from a marketing standpoint. Um, but also it was super cool because as you know, the local store operators get to manage their business as their own. Right. So you have the, awesome brand recognition and all of that stuff as Chick-fil-A, but you get to work directly with the operator to create the individual strategy for the stores. Mm. Um, and that brings up one thing. So we, this was when 2010, I don't know. Yeah. 2010, maybe 2009. And we were putting together a strategy and his location was in the mall. Okay. There was a drive through right across the street. So he competed with that. So if you're in the mall, you're obviously going to select that. If you're on the street, you're going to go through the drive-thru. Right. Um, So good competition there. But we were like, how can we get the mall employees involved? How can we help them? How can we feed them but make it easy for them? You know, their lunch breaks are short. Mm. We don't want them, like, coming over here, spending time over here in line, all that stuff. So one of the parts of the strategy was getting them to eat, but making it easier on their life. And we came up with a whole text to order system before way back in the day, back in the day, this is like vintage style. Yeah. Yeah. And it worked. And 
it was really cool because we we figured out the technology before the app existed, before any That's of that. That's incredible. Yeah, and and that was fun. But he gave me that ability to say, "What are your weird and crazy ideas?" Yeah. And let's try them out. So go back to the question: How did you get the job? How, how did I get the job? I I actively looked and I applied. Okay, so yeah, he had it posted, I, need a marketing yeah. person, and you applied for it. He liked you just like yeah. I did and said, hey, you got it. If I remember correctly, it might have been on one of the student platforms sure. where they post jobs of that nature. Yeah. Um, I mean, because it was an hourly job, yeah. part-time, just one of those things. And I didn't know him. I didn't have any connections That's with great. them. And, so that yeah. it is those things like that are, are out there. Right. But then I like I, I'm still connected with him now when I graduated – he helped me get an inner, not really an interview, but a introduction at corporate. Okay. So then I went to oh. corporate, met the marketing department there. So I just think all those little steps sure. in life take you where you're going oh, somehow. So graduate from Alabama, mm-hmm. then what? I graduated from Alabama. Back to your question about how I met Michael. Yeah. So he- Michael is your husband. Michael is my husband. Yep. He went to school in Georgia. Yep. Well, Oglethorpe. Oglethorpe, yep, in Atlanta. He so he's from Alabama. He went to school in Georgia. Yep, I'm from Georgia. Went to school in Alabama. Yep, and we met at a bar. Met at a bar. We met at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> we met through a friend of mine, and is cousins with his friend. So a friend through a. So you are related. We're not related. Okay, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we met at a bar, and we came became fast friends. Yeah, and then we were like, okay. I'm go. I'm going back to Georgia. You're staying in Alabama for the summer. We'll just keep in touch and be, you know, hang out when we see each other. And then I went back to Alabama. He went back to Georgia. So we played a flip flop game. Oh wow! I didn't for know that. About a year, and then finally we just said, "Hey, what's there's something here? So yeah. let's let's hang out more and make it more official." And that was 13 years ago. Wow. Yeah. So transitioning from Alabama, you went, you said you went back to Georgia for a little bit. What did, where did, what was the first job out of college? First job out of college. So I graduated in 2011 and short story was the tornado. Oh yeah. And Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. So that kind of threw us. I remember that. I because, remember you telling me about that. Yeah. We were, our house was in like the direct line of it. Thank goodness we weren't there, but Michael's parents live in Tuscaloosa. That's right. They have a storm shelter. We were there and we were probably like two weeks away from graduating. Mm-hmm. And he and I were in conversations of what are, what are we going to do after this? Like, are we serious? Yeah. I'm probably just going to go back to Georgia for the summer and kind of see what happens, this, that, and the other. The tornado hit and then it was, okay, what are we really going to do now? It threw like a beautiful wrench into things yeah. because it kind of made us all think, wow, like life is super short. Sure. Like that was a crazy experience. And we decided to, his parents said, well, if you have your job here for the summer, you're more than welcome to stay at our, they have another house. You can stay here. You have a place to stay. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So that kind of helped pull our relationship along because I was able to stay at his other, at his parents' other house. We were able to stay together for the summer. And then we kind of said from here, what does it look like? We're going to live in Birmingham. And then we moved to Birmingham. So you didn't go back to Georgia. Mm-mm. So you so you were in Tuscaloosa. You stayed with a Chick-fil-A job. Mm-hmm. And then when you when you went to Birmingham, what did you start doing there? I worked at a mortgage company. Okay. 
through a connection through a family friend. Okay. Because at that time it was pretty, it was 2011. Um, it was the job market wasn't Mm -hmm. great, but going back to what I thought I was going to do would be entry level marketing, climb the corporate marketing ladder, Mm. like, CMO. But you also thought that you were going to, you've always thought you were going to do business. So why was it, what was the change? Well, I think it, I think that directly relates to business, meaning Mm -hmm. you have to understand the business in order to do the marketing side of it. But from a business standpoint, I thought I would be involved in a business. I never thought I I would own my own business. But at that time, there wasn't as much digital marketing. There weren't a lot of digital entrepreneurs all the things that we see now. So my idea of success, like what is success at that time? Oh, I'm just going to climb the marketing ladder at a company. Um, So got the mortgage company job as, Hey, this is entry level. We need you to do some things, but you got to, we also want you to help with marketing stuff as well. Okay. I knew that wasn't my, my place, my long-term place, but it, it had to be for the time being. And you learned something. And I learned something. And, Then I was able to um, meet a couple of people and I was constantly looking for job openings and anything that was available marketing wise. Cause I just wanted to, to get my foot in the door. Sure. Like I'm not from Birmingham. So I needed to oh, meet yeah. people and network and all that stuff. So then I went to the Birmingham zoo. I remember you. Ta- okay. I remember that we weren't, I didn't know you then, but I remember you working at the zoo. Yeah. That okay. was a lot of fun. Went there. And then my boss there, she had a background in the agency world in Birmingham, in Birmingham. And she was a great leader and boss and she left to go to an agency and she said, I'm going to call you one day. If there's anything, if there's any opportunities, I'm going to call you. So don't be surprised. So you're working at the zoo, your boss leaves the zoo and says, Hey, one day I'm going to call you. Mm -hmm. And so then what happened? So she called me. Oh, there we go. Two months later. <laughs> oh, no. So, so I was really like, quick what? Now. It's only been yeah. two months. Yeah. And she was like, I told you, don't be surprised. And the agency was growing, you know, slowly at the time. There wasn't a ton of employees, but they were looking for another account, man- account manager. Okay. So uh, going back to a little bit of at that time in the marketing world, Mad Men. Yeah. Was a big, you know, show that everybody was watching. Sure. And from a marketing standpoint and a business standpoint and advertising, when you see shows like that, you're like, wow, that's super cool. Like, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of the agency world. So what I thought was sexy about her offer is I was going to be a part of an agency, a creative agency to where I could do marketing. I could do advertising. I could be a part of all the different things that they offer. Um, because they're a small company. Were you basing that off? Of, I mean, this sounds really elementary. Mm-hmm. Were you basing that off of the show? Oh, there it definitely influenced. Oh, absolutely, it definitely <laughs> okay. influenced my decision. Okay, so you took the job at this agency because of Mad Men and the person. It's totally fine. Yeah, I mean, I would. I, I don't know, like percentage wise, <laughs> but I would say it was a heavy influence on going. Wow, I could I could be in an agency. This could be part of my life. The power of media. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, so you go to this agency and then flesh it out from there. Go to the agency. Um, we, I was an account manager there and got to work on so many different brands mm-hmm. across various industries. And again, because it was small, I got to be a part of all the different things. 
video production, photography, paid media, strategy, naming projects, branding projects, not saying that I was the one actually executing them, but I was heavily involved in the creative process, decision-making, inspiration, all of that. And it was, it was an awesome experience. And I think that like anyone who's worked in an agency that before, I feel like would have the same thoughts that it's, it's a demanding world that you live in. You're managing clients, you're managing client expectations, you're managing deadlines. Um, and when you have a small team, that's a, you, you feel a lot of that in, in the agency world. Okay. So it sounds like you, how long were you at that agency? Three years. Okay. Three years. So three years in a very pivotal part of your life. Are you married? You and Michael married yes, at the time? Married. You're married at the time. Uh, and Michael's wonderful, by the way, uh, just in business. And he's a numbers guy and just really get, he really gets business. Um, so you're at this agency for three years. You're transitioned out of a couple of different things. So mortgage and then uh, the zoo and then now you're at this agency. What did I got? A, I got a handful of agency questions. Okay. okay? So what did you love? about working at an agency, an advertising or advertising marketing agency? It was kind of like a high, if I can explain what that feels like. Sure. It was exciting. It was fast paced. Um, it was creative. And when in an agency, you're dealing with a lot of creative people from across the board in different departments. So it was challenging. In that aspect, um, you're dealing with big budgets that you're managing. And, mm. you know, we, while I, towards the end of it, we secured a client in New York that got to be on my account. Okay. And that was super exciting because we worked so hard to get it. And would, would, would we recognize the name if, if you said it? Um, it's Core Real Estate. Okay. Up in New York. So even experiencing that, sure. you know, experiencing things outside of Birmingham. Is I think that's another thing that an agency world can give you mm-hmm. is that you can have clients anywhere. So then you're able to travel to them. You're able to see them. Right. See how they do business. What did you hate about working at an agency? The salary for the okay. amount of hours that you work. Um, it's a demanding, it's a very time intensive job. And I think it what I think it is no matter what department you work in. Because you can't really put a deadline and price on creativity. And that sounds kind of pie in the sky to say, but when you're managing creative, you have to take those other, you have to take those other things into consideration. Like the client has a deadline. I'm sorry. You don't have any more time to think about this idea. Right. This is the idea. So you're, you're dealing, you're not only working with your team of people internally, but your client and managing their expectations at so, the same time. So the time thing, do you feel like, you feel like in that world, people are procrastinators? Sometimes. But is that just human mankind in general? Yeah. I think that's human nature, especially yeah. when you're dealing with creativity because you can't just go. Got it. Here's my idea. Yeah, sure. <laughs> or schedule time to say, come up with this idea today. It, it comes to you at different points in time. It gets better as you flush it out. Yeah. Um, so it's not really an easy like turn on, turn off right. situation. So 
you've been in the agency world, you've been in the um, individual world. What's the advantage of an agency? The advantage of hiring an agency is you get an expert in multiple different facets of marketing and advertising because they have strategy, they have creative, they have production, they have copywriters, copywriters. video, uh, all this yeah, stuff. If they don't have it, they bring the team together in order to make it happen under one umbrella. So what are the disadvantages of being with an agency? Hiring one or working Hiring one. one. Hiring one. What's, it, what's the disadvantage of hiring an agency? Where, where are you at a disadvantage there? You don't have direct access to mm. some of the decision makers, okay. depending on the agency that you sure. work with. Yeah. Um, there could potentially be a lot of layers in communication and mm. how projects get done. Not um, as personal. It's not as personal. Your timelines might be longer. And I know you've experienced that too with, you know, some other people that you work with, you can have very quick turnaround times and yeah. you like that because you're quick, fast paced, right. you want things done. Um, so I would say timing is one of them for sure. Okay. So this, I'm going to reverse engineer those questions. What's the advantage of hiring a business like Hobson Ray, where it's not an agency, it's you and a couple of people that you work with that has a limited number of clients. What's, what's the advantage of, of hiring you as opposed to XYZ agency in downtown Birmingham, Atlanta, New mm -hmm. York, wherever? The personal aspect of it yeah. is my number one thing because from a business, from your business standpoint or anyone's business standpoint, the more I know about you and your business, I think the better outcome the end product is going to be. No matter if it's a branding logo or if it's a marketing strategy, I think the personal connection really goes a lot further than some people think. And the ability to have that personal connection, like one-on-one, -on -one, me and you, you're not talking to five members of my team. We're talking directly together. It's kind of like the telephone game. So if there's 10 of us in here, I, I tell I tell this person the, the thing, right. and then he tells that person the thing. And, and, and when you do that, you have my notes this illustration, when you do that, it can get convoluted yeah. from person one to person 10. Yeah. And then with working, because I've done it, like I've worked with an agency that has done a portion of our marketing in the past. And I'll give you a great example. We worked with this company in Miami and the girl that sold me was a friend of mine. And after she sold it, I never saw her again. Mm -hmm. And then we have a meeting in zoom and I'd see John and Susie and Sam and, you know, Jennifer. Great. Get to know everybody. And then the next month when I met two of the four, weren't, two of the five weren't there. Yeah. And the next month, there was only one from the original meeting. And then, so like. Yeah, I mean, how many times have we even had situations where it's, if there's more people involved, the more you're repeating yourself or you're starting, you feel sure. like you're kind of starting over a lot versus making a lot of traction. Oh, it's 50 first dates. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, seriously. Yeah. With, and that's the biggest thing I felt like with an agency. So we've worked with two. Uh, one when you and I worked together on one, mm -hmm. and then another one was one before your time. Is it was, it was 50 first dates. Oh, yeah. they're not with us anymore. They're so-and-so. Well, and that, like all that to say, there's- And we're not, this is a, not a bass ag right. marketing agency session. This yeah. is not, no. I'm just talking about you and what I've experienced, but also, and this is not a sell, you know, I'm not trying to sell Ari and Hobson Ray, but this is just what I've experienced in the, in the year, multiple years that I've done this, is having a human to talk to 
that understands all your things. It may not have 150 clients, mm -hmm. but they're talking to me. They understand me. They understand my, you know, it's, it just makes a difference. Yeah. And when people ask me why, why am I doing what I'm doing? And like, what's my long-term goal? We've talked about this a yeah. lot. And I've said, I, re I would rather have quality versus quantity in the amount of clients that I have, because I want to be able to put that time and effort into let's say Thomas as an example in order to grow his business, because I know that I will potentially reap benefits from that. If I'm able to help him grow his business absolutely. versus let's add 50 clients to the roster for the sake of having 50 clients. So that is, that is my perspective. I know that's not everyone's perspective, yeah. Um, but I like to obviously get new business, but have a great set of clients that I can grow and get more business from them. Like if you're making money, I hope I'm making money. For sure. You're at the agency here in Birmingham. You're married to Michael. Things are going good. You leave. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that process because here's, here's, here's the, I get this all the time. Guy sitting in a room with us would love to own his own business one day. Um, but it's very, very hard sometimes. I hear this. I can't tell you. I got my next door. I mean, I could go down a list of people that they want to do their own thing, but they're just scared. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about how you did that when you left the agency and started Hobson Ray, because so that I is so a, encouraging to a lot of people. I have a little piece in between that is when I went to Red Diamond Coffee. And I tea. forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead. Yes. Okay. So I left, as we were talking about agency work, life is very intense. It can be chaotic. It's exciting. It's all the emotions. But when I thought that me and Michael were going to start a family at that time, I wanted something that was a little bit more corporate. And you, you know, when you say corporate, you think about schedule. Corporate is never a positive word life, though. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, stability. Yeah. All of that. And I was at a point where I am, I also loved the creative side, but at the agency, I was project managing. I was client mm. managing. I was creating strategy, but I wasn't creating visual creative. I was a part of the process, but I, I was only one minute piece of it. Sure. So from, I loved the strategy part and I wanted to see, I wanted to experience marketing strategy, corporate side. Okay. So I went there. And then I Red Diamond. Let me for everybody that's not yes. in Birmingham, Red Diamond is a huge company here in Birmingham. They service hundred year old company. Hundred year old company yeah. service people all over the southeast. I mean, probably in the country. T. Yeah. Nationwide. Nationwide. Yeah. Okay. So it's a nationwide company, but it's based here in Birmingham. So go ahead. Correct. I'm sorry. Yeah. So um, I was able to do retail marketing strategy there for the coffee and the tea. This is where you learned all the SKU stuff and the, st I remember. The planograms. Okay. Yes. Okay. The package so, design. We, again, we've known each other for four or five years now. And so like. Yeah. The, my, okay. So I remember this now. Okay. So go ahead. So you're Red Diamond. Yes. So focusing on customer marketing strategy. So business to consumer, direct to consumer, and then the sales side of that too. Meaning helping the sales team pitch the products to Walmart, Publix, Target. Mm. When Dixie, all the things. So you're having to sell to sell the big boys, but you're also having to sell to Susie, who's going to go buy. Going to go walk in the store. Correct. And oh buy wow, it. that's pretty. But you awesome. have to get the product on the shelf in order for Thomas to buy it from the store. Yep. So it was like a full circle. That's great. Um. Man. Yeah, it was full circle. So that was really cool to be able to see 
well then once we get it on the shelf, what are we doing marketing wise to sell the product to mm. the consumer and then them to purchase it and then start the process over again. Yeah. Um, we launched a new product. We launched a cold brew product there. So I was part of the research and development for that from the design of the bottle to tasting, actually being able to taste all the different iterations of it and come up with the different flavors. Yeah. Um, so that was really fun. And I worked with an agency there who was in Chicago. So we had an agency that worked on the business that I managed while I was there. Gotcha. Um, so I loved that, but then I felt like I was missing my creative side Sure. and I was like, okay, I feel like I'm at a crossroads because I love strategy, but I also love creative. And I'm at a point in my life where I could potentially take a leap of faith and start my own business. But what made you think that? Like, tell me the practical reasons in your brain. So you're, you're at, how long were you at Red Diamond? Two years. So you're Red Diamond two years. What made you think in your mind? So so tell me when the thoughts came of, hey, I could do my own thing. Okay. At the time, I was making really great money. At Red Diamond. At Red Diamond. Okay. It was very stable. It's a hundred-year-old company. It's only going to grow. Sure. There's a, a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of opportunity to grow. When I got my first raise, and sorry, I don't know if this can be something that we say, so I'll come back to it, it. but I got like an 8% raise and the CEO said he couldn't remember the last time he had given an employee that high of a, that high of a percentage raise. He was like, this is not typical. I can't even remember the last time this happened. So I felt like I was making a difference and I was bringing new ideas to the table. And I was like, there's a lot of opportunity here. But at the same time, like something was tugging at me saying like, there's something different for you to explore. Yeah. Talk about the financial part of it as much as you can of, because here's the rub. Johnny wants to go do his own thing, but Johnny makes pretty good money. Mm -hmm. And Johnny's going to leave this pretty good salary to go do his own thing. But in order to go do your own thing, you have to take that proverbial leap that everybody talks about where you go from good salary to nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you do that? Like, don't give me theory. No. How, how did, did you, how did you do that? Because that's the question that everyone asks. I sat down with Lisa Beck Shook. She used to be a client of mine at the agency, but she became a friend and kind of a mentor, a business mentor okay. for me. And I told her what I wanted to do. Cause I knew she would be the one that would support me and say, okay, you need to think about this. This is a good idea or no, this is a terrible idea. And I sat down with her and I said, this is what I want to do. Do you think I'm crazy? And she said, no, you should absolutely try it, but this is what you need to do. You need to put together a 30, 60 and 90 day timeline. This was on July 5th of 2018. And she said, put together 30, 60, 90 days. and in the 30, the 30 days, do X, Y, Z. In the 60, leading up to the 60 days, do X, Y, Z. Nearing the end of the 60th day, you start, you turn in your notice and you start having that conversation and give them well enough notice to work out finding a replacement or just give them yeah. the option to decide, hey, we want you to stay for the month or, you know, or give you a lot Gotta more money. Gotta leave now or, or lot, whatever, yeah. you know? 
Um, she's like, but give yourself the 60 days to do all of the things in between that, but also start saving, putting the money aside to where when you stop getting that consistent paycheck, you have that little nugget of money to work from. Okay. So I'm going to even go deeper on you. What did she, what are some of the things you haven't got to the, yeah. actually, what are some of the things she said to do in the 30 and 60 days? Because that's like the, that's the thing mm-hmm. that sounds great on paper. You got to do these things in 30, but like, what did she physically tell you to do? Like actually tell you to do. So the, the first thing is if you're creating your own business, what does this business look like? Okay. What is the name of this business? Okay. Um, so cre- mm. me create, and that was the, a great part of it is that I didn't have to use, I didn't have cost to other people to create my business because I was creating a business that I could create my own branding. Mm. Um, you know, yeah. So that worked out for me okay. initially. So obviously creating your brand, creating that, coming up with a plan for people, like what, what am I doing? What I was doing is marketing strategy for small businesses. So I created an entire list of all the business people that I have worked with in the past, friends and family members, anyone from a real estate agent that I've worked with to a family friend down in Florida who I know owns their own. Like I just brainstormed an entire list of people and put probably 50 to 60 people on a list. And then I started going down that list and reaching out to them. In the 30 to 60 days before yes. you gave your notice. Oh, yes. yes. Okay. There, in that time, I created what my, my company does, my pitch, and put together how I was going to out, do outreach to them, had phone calls with them, had meetings with them, understood where they were in their business marketing-wise to see how I could help. So I started basically getting prospects through my outreach, my cold outreach, if you will, and setting up potential opportunities. Hey, in the next, whatever time period it was, 30 days, I'm going to be doing this full time. So I just put that on their radar and started getting, quote, clients set up to where I was working on some of them during that time period while I still had my job. Sure. But then just communicating that this is what I'm going to be doing full time. So on my first day of Hobson Ray, I had a client meeting already set up. So it was, it was really planning out through those, those 30, 60, 90 days, not only saving money, but planning out how I was going to start with work. Like I had work that I was doing. I didn't know. I don't know if I ever heard that before. Yeah. So that's, that's great. So let me, let me recap. So you meet with Lisa. Lisa says, have a 30, 60, 90 day plan in the 30 and 60 days, create your company, create your logo, create who you are in the 60 days, tell everybody and figure out what you're going to do, sell, Mm -hmm. market, produce, whatever in the 60 day before the 60 days is up, make a list of everybody that that would speak to that, you know, Mm -hmm. old people that you had worked with for, uh, friends and family, whatever. Yeah. And contact them, get appointments. All doing this while still giving your full effort to Red Diamond. Oh, yes. Working your 40, yeah. 45 hours a week, but yet in the other hours, coming up with all these things. Yeah. And I'm a huge believer in not burning bridges. No. And uh-uh. I, I really value relationships. So I wanted to make sure that 
I, you know, I didn't want this to be something I was doing behind someone's back with, no. you know, a job, Yeah. but I wanted to make sure I communicated that and did everything that I could to leave on good terms, you know? And when I did leave, it was a great relationship to where they said, Hey, if we have marketing things that we need, we'll call you, you know, That's or great. don't be surprised if we call you. Yeah. So that, if I didn't sit down with Lisa to create that, sure, I probably would have felt like I was actually jumping off a bridge versus had somewhat of a plan, even though it still was extremely scary because it was almost like a week by week situation. Like, how am I going to get more clients? How am I going to get more work? So that wasn't something easy for sure. How much did you make in the first year of owning Hobson Ray? 90,000. That's great. That's really good. Okay. That's wonderful. I don't know if I've ever heard the granular parts of that story. Yeah. So that's great. So thank you for sharing that. Cause that's going to be, that's going to give life to somebody. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. What do you like most about owning your own business? I feel like it's a trifecta of flexibility. And I'll explain a little bit more about that. Being able to do what I love while also still supporting my family in my version of how supporting my family is while still having something for me creatively and also that helps other people and helps clients. So it's a wonderful answer. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, this is a weird question. How many people, so as you, how long have we owned Hobson Ray? Five years. Five years. So where we are now, 2023, how many people, and I hate to say turn down, how many people do you turn down or say no to a week, a month, whatever? I think it, it ebbs and flows, yeah. but sometimes it feels like weekly. Mm. Um, it, it really just depends also on the nature of the business and the capability that I have to help. A lot of times, I still love having those conversations because I can still connect them with someone else who can help them. And that's the other awesome thing is bringing other strategic people in to say, I don't do this, but I, here is who I work with to do X, Y, Z. And they're amazing. Yeah. If I can be a part of that process somehow, I would love to be, but they're the expert in that field. Yeah. How can I help y'all get connected and how can I help the project? Yeah. Get further that's, a, that's a great answer because I mean, we have that happen to us sometimes at table mm-hmm. in time. So there's always these five or six weekends a year where like, it seems like everybody's having an event mm-hmm. and we get full and we point them to Savoy or we point them to Trey Luna and say, Hey, these, these guys do a great job. Call them. And they do the same for us. And right. that's one, that's a great thing about being a good business owner. Yeah, exactly. Um, so one of the things we like to talk about here is that the, we've talked about business a ton and I love that. But the, one of the things I w- always want to get into is how, as a mom and a spouse, do you continue to run a successful and growing and thriving business, but also raise that little human? Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about, and I, and I was, I was along this, the whole journey of this. And so I feel like I'm invested. Yeah. So like, you've got a, a wonderful child. Yes. Little birdie. Tell us about birdie. So, Birdie was hard to get in, in, in the story of how we yeah. 
we got Birdie. So she's our rainbow baby. Okay. So, Explain that. So rainbow baby, we had we had some fertility issues okay. and went through the infertility journey. And we always knew we wanted to have kids. Yeah. But in the back of my mind, I always, for certain, you know, physical reasons, I always thought, I feel like I might have a hard time. But I was always told, no, you're fine. Everything's going to be fine. So when we started the process, we really didn't think, I didn't want to worry too much about it. Wanted to see what happened. We weren't putting like a deadline. We weren't like, we have to do, we have to get pregnant by X, Y, Z. We were just, you know, very free flowing of like, okay, if it happens, it happens. It didn't. So then we started getting a little bit more serious about it. Probably by, I think it was year eight. I was like, we've been married for eight years now. Like all of our friends have kids. Are we going to do like, what are we going to do? Are we going to do this? You know, I started to feel like I was getting behind pressure in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. So then we started trying and it didn't work out immediately, which every, you know, if it's very common that that's to happen, but you know, then came across the infertility journey with having a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. And I think that it was very hard to deal with that. And it's, it is very common, but it was extremely hard to deal with that. And at that time I was extremely thankful that I did own my own business Mm. because not that I, it was also hard because I couldn't stop work, but I I still had to deliver to my clients, but my clients really supported me Yeah, and they were like, we're here for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like we can take some time, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll be okay. We're here to support you. So I think that mentally that was hard and physically that was hard, but I feel like it was a blessing. Me having my own business during that season of life was a huge blessing. Wow. So how long did you guys actively try to have kids? Like you were married for a while, weren't really quote unquote preventing. Mm -hmm. And then you guys looked at each other and go, okay, let's do this. Let's have a kid. Yeah. How long did y'all do that? It was about three years when you consider the initial, you know, general medication that you start, the doctors that you see, when you just go through that whole process of all the things that you have to try to see if this works. Okay. Well, Mm. if this doesn't work, let's try this. And if that doesn't work, let's try this. And to be honest, when we first got pregnant, it happened through kind of making some changes that the doctor recommended. Um, and we were shocked and I was like, okay, it is possible. And, you know, and then unfortunately that ended up happening and we went the more heavier, not, we didn't have to do IVF. So, you know, our, our journey was not as much as some others, but it was still something to where we had to, we had to go through that, but then also can like plan for what's next on how do we get pregnant? Sure. Yeah. So after having Birdie who's just as wonderful as she can be, um, things change. Mm-hmm. Life changes. I remember us talking before you had her and like you talking to me about Georgia and John and Tegan and the things we're doing. And you're just like, no, we're going out for drinks and we're going to go to so-and-so. And I'm like, 
Life changes. Just wait. Yeah. And so life changes. Yeah. So talk about how the transition, because I think it's huge to talk about, is a huge difference in owning your own business and not having kids and owning your own business and having humans. Yeah. Talk to me about the adjustments you had to make and how your life changed around that. I will say I value time mm. so much more yeah. now because it is, um, it's, it's something that you have, you have other responsibilities now. So the time yeah. that you have in the day to work and get things done is much more valuable. Right. Um, but also the balance of you and I talk about it a lot. We love ideas. We like to come up with new things to do. Like we're just constantly kind of always thinking. Mm -hmm. And now we have, now I have birdie and I'm like, she's a huge part of my life. Oh, and she's absolutely. So important to me. So how do I take, how do I take the work that I was doing a lot of, a lot of the work that I was doing and still stay at that same level, but still, but incorporate her into my life yeah. now as a good mom, still being a good mom, a good spouse, and also still doing the quality of work that I wanted to do. Talk to me about having a kid, having a husband, having your own business, those three things. Like, have you found that there have been things in your life that you've had to put down mm -hmm. because of adding the human to that? What, yeah. what are some things that you've had to just say no to? I say this all the time. Yeah. Saying no is a superpower. Oh, yeah. So what have you had to say no to that you may not have had said no to three years ago? So potentially certain friendships or um, or more business or things that me and Michael had been, you know, traveling. Mm. Things in general, just day-to-day -day life. Um, but I think you've read the book too, The Joy of Missing Out. Oh God, you did recommend it. I recommended that that book to you. And it is like no is a complete sentence. Um, so I, I've also had to tell myself no. And before, when you don't have kids, you still have other responsibilities. Like your life is still busy, but I was working like a lot. Like all rain. I would work during the day, obviously, but wake up at, five o'clock and work, work till 12 a.m. Yeah. So those things definitely changed and created more structure yeah. in my life, which I, I really enjoy that. Um, but now I know that I have my daytime to work. I have after bedtime to work, but I also have to be careful of that interfering with time with Michael. So let's, let's go to that. How has, and let's just be real as we can be, cause I know it, yeah. it all changes. How has, um, has there been a strain on your, you and Michael's relationship since Birdie came along? Yes. Great. Tell me about it. So we're, we've always been really great at communication, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, always can get better, but we have always communicated well. Mm -hmm. um, but we now have to communicate more and yeah. our patients, I, I didn't realize how thin of a patience I had until mm. when you have a kid and there's all those things that you weren't experiencing before. Right while you're also working. So take example for anybody who's working from home with their kid, patience thin, yeah. like they can't really get anything done. No. And then it kind of creates that domino effect of, well, this has happened today. Patience is thin. Now I'm not going to be particularly kind to you 
not intentionally, but yeah. you know, just the way that you talk to one another, the way you communicate. So that has put, that's something that we actively talk about. Like, okay, we, we need to be better about how we're communicating our tone, yeah. like of how we're communicating to one another. Um, because before, I mean, we, yeah, we still had our own partner spouse issues like, like everyone does. Um, but we didn't have for eight years of our marriage. It was us. Yeah. Kind of do what you wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and Michael loves to play golf. He so. does. He yeah. Does he play golf less since Birdie came along? He does. I Perfect. Will, Good for if, him. If I said no, he would be like, you lying. <laughs> you are a liar. Yeah. So yes, he does. He does. It's more planned out. Sure. It's, it, everything has everything to be. And I tell people out. that all the time. Like everything has to be. Jack yep. and I sit down on Sunday. And just sit in front of each other and go, okay, let's walk through it. Yeah, we do that now too. We have family meetings yes. on Tuesday nights. And this past week, I said, are we ever going to have a family meeting that we leave feeling, you know, just, Confident. oh, that was fun. Confident. Like, <laughs> because you, you, when you communicate like that, you, you kind of push each other's buttons yeah. sometimes. And you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're talking about really small details that particularly don't matter. Yeah. Like what we're doing Friday night. But like when you're moving that fast and you don't communicate that, then that leads to, well, I didn't know that was happening. That, you know oh, why you didn't know that was off. happening? Because I typed it in my computer on my calendar and you didn't write it down. That's why you don't know it's happening. Yes. So it's like a Speaking constant, from experience. Yeah. Constant. <laughs> um, you know, something to work out. But we started family meetings in January mm-hmm. and we've been pretty good about, or no, actually- Maybe it was last year. I take that back. Um, we've been doing them for a while. Yeah. And we keep notes. And one of the biggest things that led to the family meeting was a situation about Birdie. Okay. So he and I were kind of on a different wavelength about something. And I wanted to communicate right when I was thinking about it. And he's like, hey, I understand. I hear what you're saying. But, like, I don't fully understand what you're saying and why you really care about this it was like something about the food that she's eating. Yeah. He's like, we can sit down and talk about it. And I was like, why do we have to sit down and talk about, like, we have to have a formal meeting. And he's like, yeah, I, I think that if we had a formal meeting to like really sit down and talk about all this, we have that designated time on that designated night where we can just come and we have a lot of things to talk about, or maybe we, we don't have a lot, you know, we have a lot of things. We might not have a lot to talk about that. Right. Night, but we have that time to talk about it. Because my comment to him was, he works extremely hard. He, does. he is super diligent at work. He's in numbers. He's spreadsheets. He is. He would be looking in a spreadsheet for hours and hours and hours. And I said, I want that same attention. And mm. these things that I think are a big deal, but you think could be silly. And he's like, well, well, then we need to have a meeting. He's like, if you want me to treat it like work, we need to Give have and a take. meeting. I said, okay. So we I'll have give, you give too. So we have, we have the meeting now. <laughs> That's great. Um, I think that one of the things you've been a very, done a very, very good job at since us meeting, because when we met, you were on the fertility journey. I don't even know if you were trying. Yeah, you were trying to do mm-hmm. Um, But you do a good job at saying no, like to me. Yeah. And we've been together forever. Um, hey, let's do this talk about this at this time. And I think also you leverage, um, you do a good job at communicating, but you also leverage technology in that. Yeah. So that it's, it's really, really good. So, um, 
Okay, so let's talk about this. I got a handful of questions that I want to just zoom through. So these are not super long answers, but I, you know, answer them how you see fit. What are you great at? What are you great at? That's a hard question. I just tell me. What am I great at? Um, I'm great at building relationships, I think. Okay. Is that your answer? For now. Okay. Let's come back to it. <laughs> Let's come back to it. We don't have a ta- we don't have a family meeting we're gonna go to. Um, what do you gotta work on to be better uh, be a better human? Um I need to work on well, my, I mean, I think it's constantly working on myself in different ways. Uh, like what? Like what? Like what do you, I'm working on myself. That's, that's super vague. Like what do you got to work on? Like what are the one or two things? Like you drink too much. Oh, you need okay, to exercise. Okay, okay. I don't know. Yeah. What do you um, got to work on? Exercise. Okay. You tell me all the time. I do. That it doesn't matter what you do. Move your body. Move. Just move your body at some point in the day. Mm-hmm. And like we talked about earlier, scheduling stuff. I think I let the day get past me and I just need to, I, I need to exercise, move my body. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts on building a personal brand? I think it's a hundred percent necessary if the personal brand is your potential means of income mm-hmm. down the road. Okay. You and Michael, from a family's perspective, what is your like monthly, quarterly, yearly investment breakdown? What are you guys, where are you guys putting money right now? Uh, well, we just bought a house, which I know <laughs> based on some of the things me and you listen to is not the best to, like throw all your money into this investment. Um, but we we have the traditional pretty much we have the traditional investment vehicles, if you will. Um okay. we're not I'm more cautious and traditional when it comes to that kind of stuff. Michael's more risky. So we want to eventually get into more of the short-term rental investment. You do like Airbnb? Yeah. Okay. I don't currently have, we don't. We'll discuss that later. Yeah. Okay. Because I like, I've got more thoughts on there. Okay. Um, okay. I know your kid's, what, she one and a half? Mm-hmm. She'll be two this yeah. year. Be two this year. What's your go-to activity with her? Like you've, you've, yeah. you've been at work all day. You don't, not that you feel like you've neglected her, but like you haven't seen her in six hours, eight hours. I do feel like I've neglected her. Oh, well, that's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Which super is, honest. Yeah. Mom guilt. Is mom a guilt. Real thing. It is a real thing. Um, what's your go-to activity with her? Park. Park. Why? Because she's outside. I mean, she's potentially been inside for a lot of the day. I want her to be outside mm-hmm. and she has, I can, we can play together. We can walk. We love to go on walks. So anything that is outside, walk, play. That's our go-to. That's great. Who is your favorite follow on social media? Like in what category? Oh, just the person when they pop up on Instagram, on YouTube, on Facebook, or whatever it is, TikTok, whatever it is you're on. Who is the person you're like? You want to watch it because of who that person is. I love Dr. Becky. Good inside. Yep, I remember you've recommended her. Yep, parenting lady. Yeah. Okay. Because parenting is new to me, so I'm. I'm constantly learning. Okay. And I think that we haven't really talked about this, but the whole idea of gentle parenting. Mm-hmm. I hate it. <laughs> it's. It's, I hate it. It's a struggle, it but it's yeah. something that I'm like, okay, I want to explore this. I want to learn more about why this is what it is and how I can try it. Yeah. To see if it works. So. Hmm. 
Okay. You, great segue. What are you focused on really learning right now? Parenting. Okay. Parenting and, and the balance of like law. I don't necessarily know how to say this, but like generational wealth. So like how are, what me and Michael doing right now going to benefit birdie and potentially siblings in the future. Great. I've got a great recommendation on that from a book standpoint. Mm -hmm. And so, and I'm learning a lot about that right now. Mm -hmm. So I can like, we can sit down and talk about that. What's your favorite vacation that you've ever taken? We love to travel. Yep. You do. Um, Let's see. My favorite one. It's hard to say. Pick one. Um, Germany. Okay. Oh, I remember that. It wasn't long ago. Yeah. Great. Okay. What's the fa- your favorite vacation that you've never taken? A wellness vacation. That was a very quick answer. Tell mm-hmm. me about what that looks like. It looks like health, wellness, and relaxation. Because we like to go on vacation and indulge versus really disconnect and relax. So that's something that we want to, that's something on our list to really disconnect and focus on like very much so health and wellness. Not even, not like. Unpack it. Like, give, like, give me an example. Like if you were to put it perfect on paper, as Jen Ryan says, what does that look like? Give me, give me, a, give me a two or three day thing. Like, give me some examples of what that looks like. It's you arrive, you have no connection to Wi-Fi. You are told that for this part of the process, no technology. And you're in the middle of a desert and you're doing, you're, you're doing things, health, mind, and wellness, whether it's activities, it's mindful things, but it's a, you know, whatever you want to call it, three-day just decompression and um uh, I don't know. It's good. Like it's I can see it. And there's a couple places like out in Arizona yeah. that offer that. Got a great idea later on. Um okay, so what's the best book you've ever read? The best book I have ever read is Okay, so let's just say this. I'm not a big reader, or I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't. I was not a big reader up until a couple of years ago. Okay. And I typically like to read self-help books for the most part. Um, So I love The Joy of Missing Out. We've already talked about that. And I love The Brand Gap. It talks about, it's a very short book, which I love short books. Um, And I, I like to read physical books in order to write in them and take notes and reference back to them. Me too. So audio isn't always something that I love to listen to, but I am listening to audio on, on some of them. Um, but I love the brand gap because it talks about the gap between creative, like how you bridge the gap mm-hmm. between what a strategy is and then what the creative piece of that is and then yeah. how it affects an entire business. Awesome. What else for anybody out there about just you and in general that you, anything else you want to say to the to people that you just didn't get out? 
don't think so. Perfect. So if someone were to want to talk to you, advice, want to hire you, want to get your thought, I, I, anything, mm-hmm. what's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, visit our website, which was newly redone. Yes. We're proud of that. Hopsonray.com. Okay. Follow us on social media at okay. Hopsonray. And yeah, just connect. Where where can someone sign up for your newsletter? So let me say this. Let me give a plug. She, she's got a great newsletter. It's very informative, very fun. Um, and it's not, it's not like over the top. It's just mm-hmm. like, it's an easy, fun, informative read. Mm-hmm. And you can sit down and read it and get something out of it. Every, every time I've read it, I get yeah. something out of it. Well, and I think when we talk a lot about experience and like yeah. how you, your current clients that you have, how are you nurturing them? How are you value, giving them value, adding yeah. value to them? And that's part of my strategy is I don't, I want to provide value to you right. in whatever way, whether it's just a nugget of information that you can take away and implement, or you're like, Hey, I have this idea. I want to call Ari. Perfect. So on my website, um, believe it's in the footer. Yeah. You can sign up for the newsletter and yeah. Connect with us. There's a contact form on there. Connect with us on social media. Hobsonray.com. Wonderful human being. Ari has got a great team. And, um, can just do so many things for you and your business um, and is just awesome to talk to. So anything you have for her, please reach out to her. Uh, This has been great. I so value, love you, appreciate you, and just all the things that you've done with us and for us, but also just the relationship. So, um, and I I try to tell you as much as I possibly can, but I really, really do appreciate you and um, just who you are. So thank thank you. you. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Bye.